everyone and welcome back to the Supply Chain Podcast. I hope you're doing well. Today is a special episode. We're joined by four of the leaders in supply chain and procurement. Some of our previous podcast guests, Richard, Sarah, Neil and Jo Selina. We hope you enjoyed this special compilation episode. Don't forget to follow us on LinkedIn at Supply Chain Digital and check out our guests while you're at it. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Jo Selina Peralta, Thought Supply Chain Leader based in New Jersey, United States. Hi, my name is Neil Burton. Until recently, I was the lead for Ernst & Young's procurement practice globally, and now I'm principal at my own firm. Hi, I'm Richard Seal, a Managing Director of Delaware Consulting, a global SAP systems integrator. Hi, my name is Sarah Barnes-Humphrey. I am the host and founder of Let's Talk Supply Chain and also the CEO of SHIPS, a new supply chain tech platform. How important is adopting new technologies in order to improve an existing supply chain? From my point of view, new technologies are really essential to maintaining competitive parity and provide the opportunity to differentiate through improved performance and also providing better, more tailored services to customers. Digital solutions are really transforming the supply chain from top to bottom and end to end. Strategically, they're enabling alignment with peer functions like engineering and operations. They're enhancing network design. They're providing for better collaboration with suppliers and partners. Uh, It's providing uh, information for more informed risk assessments. And in day-to-day operations, Technology is helping with improved forecasting, leading to more accurate planning and scheduling, more timely availability of materials and services from suppliers. It's elevating manufacturing performance. It's supporting error-free transactions. It's enabling companies to get to on-time and in-full delivery. A couple of recent examples. Uh, One client uh, I've been working with uh, had been struggling with the deployment of a new ERP system that required numerous manual interventions to buy engineered items as spare parts. The procedures that they had to follow required issuing RFQs for each requisition, assessing those bids, confirming that suppliers met quality and risk parameters, and converting it into a purchase order to be issued back to the supplier. And with all of this work, they'd actually had to add staff in order to handle the workload. But by applying robotic process automation over a period of about four months allowed them to automate several of these manual steps and and reassign a significant number of staff towards sourcing and supply management activities that added much more value and actually enabled them to eliminate some of this uh, repetitive bidding activity. A second client is currently dealing with an issue where they have uh, tooling inventory that's scattered both at their own sites and at supplier sites around the world. Uh, They have poor visibility in terms of the location availability of these tools, uh, as well as conditions of the tools. And it often creates bottlenecks uh, as they're trying to respond to uh, customer requirements. Right now, they're evaluating a program to use handheld devices that would enable them to capture the necessary information on this tooling uh, at the site. Uh, It would include catalogs, it would include GPS uh, locations, uh, and it would enable them to catalog and track the tooling, uh, including enabling them to share images with engineering to assess whether the condition is suitable for use or they actually have to replace the tool. 
Uh, this would have been extremely difficult without using these handheld devices, uh, which can be coded um, using low-code technology very quickly. Well, I think that it is very, very important. Um, obviously, with the pandemic, things have really sped up exponentially for business, supply chains, and organizations really globally. I just heard a stat that 67% of freight forwarders are now looking for technology to really help them um, create more efficiencies in what they're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. And that is just the freight forwarding market. You talk to any startup in technology right now in supply chain technology specifically, and they are really, really busy because supply chain professionals are now being able to take what they were looking at as far as technology off the back shelf and bring it to the forefront to really create efficiencies um, in the supply chain right now. And that's exactly what we are doing with ships as well, bringing freight forwarders and mid-market shippers together in uh, one trusted environment. This is very important. New technology will form a key part when improving and enabling an existing supply chain. A digital core, such as SAP, will be the foundation that supports your end-to-end -end supply chain ensuring supply chain risks can be foreseen and better managed. This digital core should support and help create a robust supply chain and help drive critical benefit improvements throughout the business. Examples include reducing costs and improving productivity. This could be delivered using advanced robotics, providing better and faster decision-making using artificial intelligence, enable better end-to-end -end supply chain visibility and traceability. This could be achieved using blockchain technology. Improving supply chain planning using new advanced scenario planning tools such as IBP from SAP. Ensuring customer and supplier intimacy through digital connectivity along the end-to-end -end supply chain. And finally, reducing costs by manufacturing locally using technology such as 3D printing. These technologies will most certainly help improve your existing supply chain, but the most important asset to exploit within your business is your data. Using your data with tools such as artificial intelligence and predictive analytics will help drive significant benefits throughout your extended supply chains. More than ever, it's proven to be a wise investment that companies will see valuable returns tenfold. Investment in right-sized technology will serve as a key enabler to increase speed and better the quality of decisions based on insight and data intelligence. It is important for supply chain operating models to remain flexible, to adapt, to have scalability, where technology will play a fundamental role alongside talent and human capital investment. What does a post-COVID supply chain environment look like? Do you have any predictions? Well, that is definitely a loaded question. I don't have a crystal ball. I think that really, you know, technology obviously is going to play a huge, huge role. We're also going to see more companies um, taking a look at uh, working from home, working remotely, um, having a hybrid model of people coming into the office. We're gonna have more protocols around warehousing. 
Um, we're probably going to see more adoption of 3D printing. Um, and a lot of people are talking about just-in-case inventory instead of just-in-time inventory to really be able to help them be agile in times like this and moving forward. We're going to see some diversification of suppliers um, where we're moving manufacturing globally to different locations. Uh, I know that, you know, we were talking about globalization, which is really where you've got overseas manufacturing, but they are um, manufacturing and supporting local markets rather than the global market as a whole, which we've seen in the past. So there's a lot of things that supply chain leaders are tasked with right now um, in taking a look at their different approaches, different strategies, and it's going to be really fun and interesting to see what they come up with. In terms of what does a post-COVID supply chain environment look like, um, I have to say that, you know, from my perspective, there's a huge amount of turmoil in the world economy right now, and and COVID is only one contributor to this. Uh, I don't believe that the pandemic itself changes the fundamentals around demand and supply for most industries. Clearly, there's some exceptions like air travel and uh, commercial real estate. Uh, but raw material sources are going to remain in the same places. Big industrial infrastructure isn't going to move dramatically. Uh, comparative costs and capabilities uh, at the country and regional level aren't going to change significantly. I do anticipate that companies will look to shift some activities closer to their customers and they'll increase inventories from a just-in-time level that they have been. Uh, but hopefully the pendulum won't swing as far as to make this just-in-case inventory. Uh, I do believe companies are going to have contingency plans and will monitor supply chain risk more closely. Uh, and I do think actually that supply chain risk is going to become a key function within the supply chain organization reporting directly to the chief supply chain officer. And along the lines of what we were talking about earlier, I think that technology deployment will accelerate uh, both because digital capability is, uh, is, is enhanced um, but also the technology will in increase productivity and eliminate manual worker activities that could be disrupted by any kind of a uh, repeat or continuation of the pandemic. Looking to the future, this will be an opportunity to simplify an organization's supply chain, potentially bring back some of the company's manufacturing capability locally or near shore. But the impact of this will require a change in the overall company's business strategy, which could involve redesigning the entire supply chain and not just replicating the same supply chain onshore. Companies will need to take a very close look at their extended supply chains beyond just tiers one and two and consider the risks of their business and the ability to meet new unpredictable customer demands. Bringing manufacturing onshore and shortening the supply chain will provide the foundation for organisations to be more agile in their manufacturing process, simplifying their product portfolio and becoming more reactive to immediate customer needs, tying less cash up in working capital and creating an environment for more unique customised products. And all this is enabled by a more connected digital supply chain built on technologies such as blockchain, AI, predictive analytics, and more advanced robots such as cobots, also known as collaborative robots. Interesting question. 
As the pandemic has stresses globally, the economy around the world, supply chain management has been imperative to succeed and while it bringing competitive advantages for businesses to build back resiliency. Supply chain has emerged as the hero and is well justified. For months prior to the COVID crisis, trade tensions due to the tariff war between United States and China fueled broader challenges and concerns for worldwide logistics networks. Against this backdrop, I believe that the modern supply chain infrastructure is well overdue for a rethink. So for example, areas like globalization versus regionalization, I think are going to become more prevalent. Um, identified or shifting into multi-level sourcing, which has already has happened, but we have to be able to flex between one or the other. I think trying to reduce the, the long lead times, it's going to become even more important as we have this world where global versus regional and regional versus global becomes something that we have to be able to scale up and scale down. Supply chain stress test, it will become a new norm. I think, you know, if we look back at the 2008 financial crisis, financial institutions around the world were forced to stress debts, their balance sheets, right? So I think in this similar situation with a globalization where people are working more remotely, where more organizations could be prompt to cybersecurity attacks, where there has been a lot of emphasis in making sure that we have proven ways to not only mitigate, but also to bounce back. I think it's going to become even more a mainstream to actually have stress tests into our supply chain to make sure that we write that we have the right modular approach to actually scale up and scale down and being able to adapt and to have the right focus uh, when do we do it multi-regional or global versus local and how do we actually balance the supply chains with speed and quality. So what are the most important qualities to have as a leader in the world's current climate? The current crisis has rocked some organizations to their foundations, which in some cases is testing leaders to their limits. This crisis should be seen as an opportunity to strengthen and maybe redesign the business for the medium to long term, as well as reinvigorating and reinventing yourself. With global supply chains, as discussed in the previous question, it may require redesigning and restructuring going forward, which cannot be solved on your own as a leader. It will require making bold decisions and bringing together and listening to many parts of an organization, such as manufacturing, procurement, supply chain, sales, finance, across many different cultures, and then communicate a clear vision and path forward. Most importantly, in a time of crisis, it's about understanding and considering the people in your organization and their well-being, developing a clear, tactical and strategic plan and keeping everyone focused on making the company a success. So in summary, the most important leadership skills in the current climate is listening and having empathy with your employees, being able to communicate your future tactical and strategic plans, and finally, being confident decisive in your decision making. I, I don't think that the important qualities have changed. Uh, yes, it's a difficult environment, um, but we still want servant leaders that enable their teams to be effective and successful. 
I think we still want leaders that develop and communicate a vision for the future of the of the future that the teams can to walk towards. Uh, I think we want leaders that are prepared to be bold, to take advantage of new opportunities, uh, but at the same time use data and analytics to inform decisions. Uh, we want these leaders to be flexible and responsive, but we don't want to change direction in a knee-jerk fashion. And I believe that we want leaders who lead from the front and are prepared to make those hard decisions. Definitely empathy and communication and communication are key. Uh, increase awareness of self and also the team. Uh, continue to force, foster a learning agility and versatility and adaptability. Um, to also, it's important to have a common purpose and, and document, especially in terms of uncertainty, you know, where are we heading, listen to the team, build that culture of where we value diversity of thought, diversity of views, that it enrich the full perspective, but at the same time, we'll also be in the anchor to actually, or driving organizations and propelling organization forward. I also believe that putting a lot of emphasis in developing our teams, making sure that we're investing in their growth and their learning abilities so that they can have more tools in their toolkits to be able to navigate with uncertainty uh, in a more um, kind of a natural way so it's, it's less stressful for them but it's also um, something that we are fostering and dealing together I think it's, it's going to be extremely important um, and of course integrity um, in having the courage and the respect to take accountability but also uh, more importantly I think being people centric at this point in time it's going to be uh, what is going to help us not only to navigate this situation but also to set the right level of foundation for the future. I think empathy really is going to be the winner um, out of all of this. And I think it's not only empathy for your peers, it's empathy, empathy for your team, it's empathy for yourself. I think there's been, you know, a lot of pressure. There's been a lot of things that supply chain leaders have had to deal with outside of their norm. Working from home um, has really caused, you know, some stress on teams. Um, you know, not really knowing what's going to happen next, the uncertainty that has really been challenging, allowing team members to be able to create their schedule so that they can have work life balance, um, and whatever that looks like for them. So, you know, maybe having to work in the evening so that they can take care of their children and their children's e-learning during the day. And so I think that empathy is going to play a huge, huge part in that because we're really going to be, we're going to have to, as leaders, take a look at what the needs are of people on an individual basis and be able to support them in that while still being able to be productive and get the things that need to be done on a day-to-day -day basis to keep the business not only running, but moving it into the future successfully. Thanks for checking out this week's podcast episode. Stay safe and we hope to see everyone soon.